Hello and welcome to 9 to 5 Fitness, a podcast about how to incorporate a healthy lifestyle into a 9 to 5 work week, presented by Sunny Health and Fitness. And this episode is brought to you by the number 39, Aerobic Step. I'm your host, resident fitness expert, Matt. And I'm Chris, your everyday 9-to-5-er, and today we're doing uh, another Q&A. Woohoo! Yay! More questions. questions. Hopefully, I have answers. Hopefully. That or, would be very or, nice. Or we have answers. Well, maybe it'll be uh, slightly entertaining considering I'm kind of half asleep still. Christina, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to recap some of the other stuff we went over in our previous Q&A? Totally. We did... How to burn some extra calories at our desk so that we're not bothering the coworkers. I believe we did another one about stretching as well. We did our carbs beneficial and we did what can we do during an eight hour work day to reduce eye strain and mm, yeah, some other stuff. My other stuff, yeah. So if you haven't <laughs> if you haven't listened to that one, I would suggest you go back. And listen to us ramble about those first round of questions where we had to share one mic and it was very awkward and close. Oh, yes. Definitely <laughs> definitely some good information, all things considered, uh, from those questions. Appreciated um, those of you that asked them. It was and, funny, uh, though. Come on. you yeah. got to admit that was a great episode. Oh, it was great. Yes. You did def- definitely learn some Very cozy stuff. for us as well. <laughs> um, so we got, we got our second Q&A episode. So we got some more questions to go over. Uh, what's the first one we got? Well, kind of going back to what I had said earlier about me being sleepy. I relate to this person. They asked, I'm getting sleepy at work. What is a quick way to snap out of it healthily? Healthily. Healthily is a good word. Is that really a word? Healthily? Healthily. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm going to look that up. I kind of like it. I may have to use I understand it. what they're getting yeah, at, yeah, yeah. for sure. A healthy way to out of it. Cool. Excellent. Well, um... <laughs> I'll just use this as a plug for our previous episode that we recorded when we talked about how to incorporate uh, exercise at the workplace because I think some of those strategies that we talked about uh, could be very helpful with uh, this particular question. Um, So, I mean, you know, get sleepy at work, totally understandable, right? Usually around, what? Two o'clock. Two o'clock, right after lunch maybe. Maybe Maybe before lunch. I've had that early morning. Maybe right when you get to work. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. Definitely later in the day. So it kind of just depends on... The commuter drag. The general fatigue that you may <laughs> feel throughout the day. So how do you um, how do you kind of re-energize yourself, I guess, is kind of what they're, they're looking for in a healthful way. Yeah. Um, so, well, basically what I would recommend is it doesn't really take a lot of time to kind of snap you out of it. Um, generally speaking... Um, if you can kind of get a few minutes to kind of, you know, boost your heart rate. Um, so whether or not you want to call that exercise or not, I mean, you are exercising your heart rate anytime you boost um, your heart rate up to, I would say, you know, 30, 40, 50% of your maximal heart rate. So for example, if you're, you know, uh, 30 years old and you want to kind of boost your heart rate to an exercise uh, level, I'm uh, probably looking anywhere between, oh, maybe 90 to 100 beats per minute if you want to measure it and say, 
you know, I want to get myself up to an intensity that's equivalent to exercise. But of course, I'm, you're not going to stay there for 30 minutes to an hour because yeah, you can't. Sweating is gross and at you work. Can't actually do that at work. And if you can, <laughs> awesome. Your workplace would be doing you a great service if they give you some exercise time. <laughs> but um, awesome. that doesn't mean you can't kind of snap out of it. I guess in terms of kind of giving yourself a quick little boost of energy. Um, it really doesn't take that long to increase um, your heart rate. And uh, generally speaking, there's been a lot of re- research done on the effect of exercise and boosting your energy levels. And um, a lot of that can be associated to increased blood flow. So getting your heart rate up, increasing your uh, you know beats per minute, increasing the amount of blood and oxygen that gets to your brain, which can help increase your energy levels um, pretty quickly. So um, I would say just participating in any kind of activity that's going to increase your heart rate um, to about 50% of your maximal heart rate. And uh, usually you can do a quick estimate based off of your age to find out what that is. But a good kind of rule of thumb would be something over about 100 beats per minute if you're checking your pulse. Uh, So if you want to just do some body weight squats, you want to do some you know, jogging or walking in place, maybe going up and down the stairs a little quicker than usual for maybe a minute or two. And uh, I think more often than not, you'll kind of feel like, all right, got my blood flowing, feel a little more bright-eyed, maybe got some energy back. And a lot of times that can be a pretty easy fix for somebody who's kind of feels like they're just dragging through the day. I definitely went for a walk during lunch, and I'm a little bit more awake now than I was when I first got in. Yeah, and that was probably not even as intense as, say, getting your heart rate up to about 50%. Yeah. But it did go up because you weren't sitting down. So True, true. Um, I sit all day. It did, it did elevate <laughs> you to a point where you're like, all right, great. Got a little bit more blood flow, got a little bit more oxygen in my brain, and boom. And I picked up a packet of beef jerky. <laughs> and, <if> you, <laughs> and fuel always helps a little bit, too, as well. So yeah, that's that too, good. That, too. Problem is I can't stop eating it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that's a good one. Let's go on to the next question. <laughs> What are some simple things I can do to avoid back problems at work? Oh, awesome. Multifaceted answer for this one. Yeah. Um, so kind of, again, this if we're just doing a general answer, because um, there's a lot of different reasons why individuals might develop back problems or have back problems, and it's hard to pinpoint exactly what the main cause is, especially if you're somebody who's sitting down at work all day. Um, so just looking at it from a general standpoint, um, preventing or avoid, sorry, not preventing, but avoiding back issues. Um, usually a lot of times people run into problems when they stay in the same position for a long period of time. And um, this can be exponentially worse if you're in a position that places strain on your back. So, you know, sitting on your chair, number one, isn't ideal to do for a long period of time because it's not a comfortable position for your spine to be in. Um, if you're hunched over, if you're sitting in a posture that's not uh, conducive to proper alignment of your spine, that can lead to some discomfort and pain. Um, But you can't avoid it, right? I mean, you got to sit there and do work. So um, the best thing that I've found for people that are trying to avoid or they see that they've got discomfort or pain creeping up is try to shift your positioning Um, while you're seated so if that's you know sitting up a little bit more straight for a period of time if it's reclining a little bit if it's you know changing the surface that you're sitting on going from uh, an office chair to a stability ball maybe standing up so just adding some variety in terms of your position while you're working 
um, can make a big difference in terms of making sure that you're not in that same position that's causing you pain. So um, I would say that you know, for most people, uh, varying the position that you're working in uh, can, can help a lot. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. I have a cushion, which is nice, but I, I really do like the stability ball. So I highly recommend that for anyone. Yeah. So it just it really is just staying in the same position um, for a long period of time, day after day, which can eventually lead to some pain and discomfort. So uh, just that, switching it up. That could be the same for anybody who's working in a, a non-desk job, like somebody who's on their feet all day as well. Yeah, I mean, similar too, right? I mean, you know, if you're standing up all day and you've got aches and pains, obviously you need to shift your positioning to relieve that strain or right. or pain. Okay, well, I got another one here. This one's very similar to that last one. Um, it's about finding an, oh, I say, what is an ergon, okay, I cannot, I cannot do this <laughs> word. Ergonomic <laughs> setup for your monitor, keyboard, and wrist slash mouse. Oh, Basically, wow. okay. okay, you want to, make your body more comfortable yeah i think this kind of goes along with the uh the back problem so ergonomics is um there's yeah ergonomics there's yeah body position like proper body alignment i guess if you want to break it down into kind of what it actually means so um there's a lot of research and studies on proper body alignment and ergonomics in different workplaces environments so um, it doesn't have to be, you know, an, er- an ergonomic chair. It could be, you know, the ergonomics of you actually performing your job. So if you work in a warehouse, the ergonomics of how you lift something or, you know, how you're seated uh, while driving a truck or how you're, you know, doing your manual labor outside if you've got a manual labor job. Um, so ergonomics really does cover a broad spectrum of um, activities and uh kind of things that you do in the workplace. It's not just for people who sit in a chair and want to make sure that they are sitting properly. Um, So I think that's where um, it can get a little bit confusing because office ergonomics usually just means, okay, how are you sitting in your chair? Are you in a proper position to prevent joint stress so that pain and discomfort doesn't creep up? So there's a lot of different factors, and it really is a kind of you have to do a personal assessment on each person. It's not something that you can just throw at everybody and be like, hey, everybody needs to sit like this. Uh, you really have to analyze an individual's workstation and figure out what's the best setup for them. Also, their body height and everything because something that would work for, I don't know, my neighbor at my desk, you know, the, the dude next to me who, you know, happens to be a little taller versus me, you know, this short thing. Yeah, of course. Uh, my arms don't exactly land well on the desk. I have to kind of raise my seat up higher in some cases. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, everybody's different, right? Which is why you kind of have to take a personal, uh, you have to look at it from a personal level. Uh, there are some kind of basics that you want to make sure that your basic strategies you can I- implement. Uh, specifically, if you're working at a desk, uh, the first one is if you are sitting sitting in a chair, you want to make sure that your feet are on the ground. They're not hanging off the ground. But I'm short. And, <laughs> and you want to make sure that, um, you know, you're, they're, not, they're not hanging off the ground and they're not, uh, your legs aren't too short. Like, you're not sitting too low. Um, I gotcha, so we're I gotcha. looking at, I'm just we're, messing around. Yeah, we're looking at, <laughs> we want to make sure that you're sitting in a comfortable, uh, a comfortable position so there's not a heavy pressure um, one way or the other. So if your feet are hanging off, essentially you can have... Uh, the effect of gravity pulling down in your joint 
which over time can lead to some pain and discomfort. Um, if you want to switch up your positioning in your in your chair, so being in a seated position, uh, making sure that you are you are sitting upright or in a slightly reclined position is actually better um, for your spine, not sitting up straight all the time, but actually being slightly reclined. Um, next, you want to make sure that your monitor height is about eye level, so you don't want to be gazing down and you don't want to be gazing up, uh, because after hours of gazing down or gazing up, that can put a lot of pressure on your neck or your cervical spine. Um, and then your elbows and your arms need to make sure that those are rested as well. So um, those arm rests, you know, if you're working on a mouse or you're working on your keyboard, uh, making sure that the full length of your forearm from your hand to your elbow is supported on the desk as well. Because if you have any part of your arm hanging off, uh, gravity could be pulling and causing some stress um, at your shoulder joint just from your arm not being fully supported. So um, fully supporting your arms on your armrests or on your desk, uh, making sure that you are looking straight ahead, keeping your neck in a neutral position, uh, being in a slightly reclined position, and making sure that your feet are flatter on the floor are kind of some basic office ergonomics for most people that, that do work pretty well. But again, like you still need to make sure that you're shifting your position um, in general kind of throughout the day to make sure that you're not overly stressing a specific position. Okay. There's a lot There's a lot that goes on office ergonomics, and there'll probably be one we should expand on a little bit more. We'll definitely um, put it in the article, maybe. Yeah, we can go a lot more in depth on office ergonomics because there's a lot of, you know, different pieces of furniture you can buy and crazy contraptions, and it can get a little bit complicated in terms of what you should get or should do. Um, but think about it from a personal standpoint, you know, just because you spend $2,000 on an ergonomic chair doesn't mean it's going to solve your problems. <laughs> <laughs> good point, good point. Well, speaking of chair, this next question is involving a lot of that. Uh, how can a couch potato start to run and avoid injuries? I've always wanted to know what, like, exactly a couch potato is. Well, apparently, according to my son, I am a potato which I'm still trying to figure that out. Okay, Because I, cause I really like something. potatoes, and I, I think potatoes. potatoes are good for you. So I don't think potatoes is a negative term at all. No, no, but... And I know. love my couch. So... <laughs> Do you grow roots? That's probably it. Maybe you just grow roots into the couch, and that's what turns you into a potato. Ah, a couch potato. Okay. It's coming together a little bit, I think. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out where that phrase came from. But then again, you know. As we get older, we don't understand the vernacular. So, couch potato, <laughs> we have this couch potato, and what does the couch potato want to do? They want to run. Okay. They want to run, and they want to avoid an injury, so. Okay. So, first thing I would probably tell this couch potato, whoever this couch potato is, <laughs> um, is kind of think about, you know, what have, like what is your experience with running? You know, if you've never done it before, obviously you're not just going to get up off the couch and start running, right? I'm going to do a marathon. Um, you got to progress with those things. And I always tell people, you know, be, be cautious and make sure that you're taking your time with the progressions uh, with any type of workout program. So um, if you're, your goal is to run a 5K or run a 10K, um, start with walking first. Like make sure, <laughs> make sure that that's comfortable. You know, walk for 30 minutes. Um, you know, once that becomes easy, okay, well, kick up, kick up the cadence, you know, make your walking speed a little faster. Um, you know, take, take a few weeks to get comfortable with that. After that becomes comfortable, all right, now kick it up to a jog, see how that feels. But don't just start jogging and see how far you can go. 
uh, jog, jog for 30 seconds and then, you know, take a minute to walk it off and kind of see how your body's feeling. Um, a lot of times people just start way too fast and they put too much pressure and stress on their body and uh, that's usually what leads to injury and then you say, wow, I hate running because, you know, I got injured and then you'll never go back to it again because of bad experience when all you just needed to do was take your time, progress through it. Um, depending on what your experience level is. Now, if you were a track star in high school, and uh, all of a sudden, ten years at, ten years later, you want to, you know, train for a marathon. All right, well, you know, maybe maybe you can, as long as you don't have any pre-existing conditions, you don't have any joint issues, or uh, you haven't had any surgeries. Like, yeah, again, take it slow. Like, maybe start jogging for a few minutes. Um, you know, walk, kind of reassess how your body feels. Do you have any aches or pains that are kind of unusual? Um, and then slowly progress your running right running program um, on a weekly basis so your body doesn't get too stressed out with everything because recovery is very important so i can just say for a couch potato uh, make sure that you're starting slow and i would just always progress slower is better especially with something like running um, because even the most experienced runners if they're not you know being body aware can develop issues pretty easily even if they're an experienced runner um i know that for a fact because it's happened to me Ooh. and i'm an experienced runner <laughs> i'm not an experienced runner. um and in joint <laughs> joint pain and issues still creeps up so if Ouch. it happens to me um it can happen to anybody i made the mistake of doing a 5 a.m run just because i thought you know gotta start somewhere oh my lungs burned <laughs> i didn't even make it half a block yeah so that you was know awful so start with a quarter of whatever the, whatever the half of the block is. That was terrible. Okay, so this next question might actually help the same couch potato. Uh, should I be stretching before getting on the treadmill, or is a slow walk enough to warm up? Short answer is um, a slow walk is enough to warm up. Uh, the only I can, only thing I can say with you know if you're going to start exercising in general. Um, there are certain circumstances where you can stretch specific areas of your body um, if it is a requirement so that your body can perform optimally uh, in whatever activity that you're doing. So there's not a lot of instances where you would want to stretch before activity, um, just kind of in general. But let's just let's just say you ha you're having an issue with you know the mobility of your right leg and you have a tight hamstring or you're uh, you know, you've had some issues with, you know, knee pain from tight, you know, tight thighs, tight quads, um, or your glute on that side is, is very tight. And you want to start participating in a walking program or a jogging program. Um, then it might be good for you to add some light static stretching prior to that activity. Now, again, this isn't intense activity because if you're, you know, stretching for, uh, you know, some kind of activity that requires performance, no, you don't want to stretch um, prior to that because that can limit the responsiveness of your muscle tissue. So um, there's a few instances um, where static stretching prior to activity can be beneficial, but again, that usually means that you have a specific issue you're trying to work through so that when you do do that activity, your body's performing optimally and you're not... Um, you're not adding to that to that injury or that tightness. So I feel like we talked about this in the uh, avoiding injury episode. Yeah, part of that too, uh, for sure. Because you know, warming up is definitely critical just to make sure that you've increased uh, blood flow to the areas that you're going to be using, uh, making sure that you're uh, kind of you got the neuromuscular system responding well before you start 
asking it to uh, perform in more intense levels. So um, usually a slow, brisk walk is plenty um, for warming up purposes. And then if you do have a specific issue, make sure that you understand it before you start stretching it. Okay. Well, that seems to be it for the questions this time around. This episode is sponsored by Sunny Health and Fitness number 39, Aerobic Step. Train your body coordination, burn calories, and tone your hips, thighs, and calves <laughs> with this easily adjustable step. For a second, I thought it was going to say something else. <laughs> I got I to gotta, um, read these things a little bit better. <laughs> Uh, we want to thank you for joining us here at 9 to 5 Fitness, and we hope you enjoyed the show and learned something useful to help you on your journey to a healthy lifestyle. If you want to learn more about this topic and other useful tips, you can check out our show notes or visit us at sunnyhealthandfitness.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and if you get a chance to, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, five-star rating goes a long way. And uh, come back next time when we discuss... Energy energy yeah we're going to talk about is it okay to work out if you're extremely tired low energy exhausted you get home and you're like man i really want to work out but am i too tired should i even be doing this if i'm too tired you sound tired right now that's what we're going to talk about cool let's (laughs) see if i can wake up for that one